Father, we bless you, we exalt and magnify your name. Let us thank God, let us thank God, let us thank God. Let us thank God, let us thank God for the manifestation of his grace and glory and power and honor. Let's thank God for the mercy that we have received from him. To be able to join in today's army of God across the continent of the globe. Our God and our King, we exalt and magnify thee. Shall we lift up our voices together and just thank God for another Wednesday. We have had a break uh, through last week. We are dwelling on looking at the cross of Calvary and the works of Jesus Christ. Shall we thank God for another opportunity to come and learn at his feet. As we are looking into the book of Job 36 today and 37, I will ask the Lord to give us insight into the mystery of the word. Let's pray for grace. Let's pray for endowment from heaven. Let's pray that the Lord will anoint our lips to as we pray. Everything that will be shared, that will be spoken, will minister to our spirits. It will strengthen our soul and reform our mind. It will reveal God to us. The, the faithfulness of God is what we'll see in all this lecture concerning Job. How God is so faithful. That God does not even look at our frailty. And how God can identify with us humanly. Lord, we thank you so much and we ask you for grace tonight. We ask for insight tonight. We ask for understanding tonight. In Jesus' anointed name, we have prayed with hands given. Amen. Pastor Tayo, please. Now we bless God for his faithfulness. I'd like to invite um, today as we prepare for us uh, to welcome our, um, our mother and the Lord. Um, before we do that, we'd like to invite some contribution. Um, from the last time we were together in the book of Job, we've got a few people who would be contributing and sharing with us to refresh our memories about the things that God has taught us and that we have learned from the book of Job. First off, I'd like to welcome tonight um, Dickness Bimbo, please. My contributions are from Job chapter 35, verses 9 and 10. Verses 9 and 10 resonated with me in Eliud's speech. And I will focus on the lessons to learn. One, we should cry out to God for wisdom to deliver us and look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Although it's easier said than done, but as Christians, we should not be agitated or afraid of whatever happens in our lives. Two, we should not look into anything else to give us joy, peace or happiness. Running elder scatter for solutions breaks communication between God and ourselves. So our solace and comfort should only be in God and not in the things of the world. We should be still and know that there is God. Three, we must fear God only. Make him our companion at all times. And when we do this, we can never fear man or be oppressed. Four, we must always be in the companions of those true to the Lord. Reference Acts 4.23 and not be in worldly companions. Though the trials God allows us to go through might not be palatable or interesting in our lives, but we should let our trust and faith rest on Jesus' word, as this, may, as this leads us into deeper recognition of God's holiness and utmost power. Five, there is need for us to fully and always recognize the majesty of God. Like Elihu referred, God is our teacher. He teaches and instructs us in the way wherein we should go. 
See Psalm 32, verse 8, Isaiah 48, 17, and John 14, 26. Concluding, we have to finish the course of the trials God takes us through. But as verse 10 says, we should seek and lean on God, our maker, who gives strong in the night. May the Lord give us the fortitude and strength to bear any trials we go through, and a song to sing in the day, and especially at night, as he gave songs in the night to Paul and Silas, Acts 16, 25. And may we listen to the Holy Spirit who directs us on what to do in all the circumstances we find ourselves. Amen. Amen. Taking us on that, please. Good evening. My contribution is going to be taken from Job chapter 35, verse 9 and 10. I'm not going to read the verse. But as we all know, there is a saying that says there's nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes 3.15 goes on to say what is happening now has happened before. And what will happen in the future has happened before. What is now has already been. Elihu in this verse describes an issue that has been known to mankind well before Job and one that is happening in our day today. The issue I'm referring to is being reliant or over-reliance on man when faced with problems. In the book of Exodus, for example, the Israelites cried out to man instead of God when they were surrounded by the host of Pharaoh's army. Um, in First Samuel, Saul sought a medium when the Philistines waged war against him. But I must point out that not all men in the past generations looked up to man, men, like Moses, Daniel, David, Joshua, and others. They looked up to God when they were faced with troubles. In our days, most people still call out to man when they're faced with difficulties. As we all know, the flesh is filled with limitations, and as a result, being reliant on the flesh will inevitably lead to failure. Some people rely on others because that is all they know. They have not encountered Christ. But the sad part is that some Christians do the same out of desperation when First Chronicles 7.14 tells us otherwise. This statement we know to be true. That's the one in First Chronicles 7.14. Because in the book of Exodus 10.10, when the Israelites cried out to God in the hands of the oppressor, he delivered them. The error in turning to man instead of God the Father is more evident when we look at the relationship between a parent and their child. When a child is in danger, the natural thing for them to do is to cry out to their parents, their mum or their dad, and not to a stranger. Therefore, it is unthinkable or unnatural for us to turn to man when faced with difficulties. Difficulties when we have God the Father, who is God of all possibilities. God, as we as we now know, is loving, tolerant, and patient towards us despite our limitations. As I conclude, I would like to remind us of the story of Samson we read yesterday in the book of Judges, a story Apostle spent so much time discussing with us in the prayer session. We ought not to wait for things to get worse as Samson did before we seek God. We should be God. Sorry, should be the first one we seek when we're faced with difficulties. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Brother Eric, please. Praise the Lord. My contribution is taken from Job 35, verses 5 to 7, which reads, Look up at the heavens and see. Gaze at the clouds so high above you. If you sin, how does that affect him? If your sins are many, what does that do to him? If you are righteous, what do you give to him? Or what does he receive from your hand? While Eliphaz was right in describing God as transcending mankind, And while it is true that God does not necessarily need us, and that our sins do not harm him physically, Elihu missed how close God really is to mankind. The whole story of the Bible, beginning at Eve's fall from grace, centred and consummated in Christ's birth, life, death and resurrection, 
and finally culminating in the book of Revelation with the restoration of mankind, is ultimately about God's relationship with the world and how much human sin really does affect him. God wanted to restore us to himself so much that, in the words of the popular scripture John 3.16, and as we have been deliberating this past Easter weekend, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Many Christians live their life with a similar mindset and distance themselves from God, and this hinders them from maturing and growing in their spiritual journey. They cease striving to act like Jesus and do the miracles he did as a far-off, unattainable goal, and so they are not able to progress. As Apostle has told us many times, we all have the same level of anointing, and we can all do the things he does, the things the twelve apostles did, and even the things that Jesus himself did, and even more. The only things that can hinder a Christian are their mindsets and their relationship with God and his word. Judging by Elihu's intelligent, though long speeches concerning the things of God, he likely lived a very devout life, but his one-sided mindset prevented him from seeing Job's innocence. The mindsets of many Christians today prevent them from speaking in faith uh, or prophesying or doing miracles or hearing directly from God. As we begin to transition back to some level of normality, we must strive to further our relationships with God, but also fix our mindsets, often the thing that holds us back. As we draw nearer to God and as we live our lives through a mindset of faith and confidence in God's power at work through us, may God help us that we may do the things that Jesus, the Twelve, and our own Apostle did and are doing, and even greater things than these, as Christ has gone to the Father. Amen. Amen. Pastor Debbie, please. My contribution is from Job 35, verse 16. So Job opened his mouth with empty talk. Without knowledge, he multiplies his words. Helio began this chapter by playing back some of Job's previous phrases, which inferred that it is unprofitable to be righteous. Job 35, verse 3. Job spoke out of pain and the anguish of his heart. He was overwhelmed by the magnitude of his suffering, and his closest companions were not any better, but fuel his negative responses. Eliu reckoned these were words void of knowledge. There are two lessons I learned here. Lessons number one. In a multitude of words, sin is unavoidable. Proverbs 10:19. There is tendency to want to express our emotions in words during challenging times and ended up committing sin. We cannot call back our words once it is uttered. The words we speak represent a portrait of our lives. It can either break or make. We are to nourish our hearts with the spiritual truth, word of God, in difficult times. We are a product of our spoken words, Proverbs 23 verse 5. As a spirit-filled child of God, we are to think before we speak and not to be controlled by emotions. Proverbs 15:28. Lesson number two. We must be in constant fellowship with like-minded believers who can encourage you, encourage us with the right words in our challenging times. So in conclusion, let's make every effort to please God. With our words. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 to 37 says, 
But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words, you'll be acquitted and by your words, you'll be condemned. So let's stand before, one day we will stand before God to, to give account of every word that we have uttered from our lips. So it's my advice that we should not waste our words, but speak with a purpose. God bless. Amen. I'd now like to invite Apostle. Yes, you are very welcome to tonight. And it's quite interesting hearing God from various people. Is it not amazing that God's mercy still endures for us? Of course, we have learned quite a great deal from the life of Job. And I'm sure that from these chapters that we are into now, chapter 7, we are getting closer to God speaking back. Where you and I will now understand God himself from the very mouth of God. But tonight, I would like to invite uh, uh, Reverend Omar to take us on from Job chapter 36. Praise the Lord once again. I want to say thank you to everyone that has con- contributed in various ways. You are all wonderful people. You have made me so proud. And uh, you have made myself an apostle so proud. And tonight you are actually going to Job 36. As you have made us so proud, I want to encourage other people. I want to see more people contribute so that I can know that everybody is getting along with this great thing that God is doing in our midst by studying the word. That takes us tonight to Job 36. There is one word before I go to 36. There is something that ends 35. Just try to go back to what Pastor Debbie was adding to us. In that verse 15, he said, And further that his anger never punishes, and he does not take the least notice of weakness. So Job opens his mouth with empty words. We must be very, very careful about that. Each time that we speak, we must make that we must make sure that our words hold a great potential, not empty. Let the word that comes out of your mouth be seasoned with salt. We have, we have said this several times in this Bible study, Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Said, so Job's opened his mouth with empty talk, without knowledge. He multiplies words. Sometimes we just speak anyhow. May the Lord guide us in the way we speak in Jesus' name. Hmm. And that takes us to Job 36. Elihu continued, verse 1, Bear with me a little longer, and I will show you that there is no more to be said in God's behalf. I get my knowledge from afar. I will ascribe justice to my maker. Underline that word, I get my knowledge from afar. I will ascribe justice to my maker. That is, everything comes from God, and will ascribe justice, greatness, everything to God. Be assured that my words are not false. One perfect in knowledge is with you. God is mighty, but does not despise men. He is mighty and firm in his purpose. Underline that. He does not keep the wicked alive. 
forgives the afflicted their rights. He does not take his eyes off the righteous. He enthrones them with kings. Look at that verse very carefully and underline it so that I can go back to it. He does not, that is, God does not take off his eyes off the righteous. His eyes is always on us as long as we may righteous. He enthrones them, that is the righteous, with kings. That's what God can do. He exalts them forever. But if men are bound in chains, you have led yourself to sinning and doing all sorts of things, held fast by cords of affliction, he tells them what they have done, that they have sinned arrogantly. He makes them listen to correction and commands them to repent of their evil. If they obey and serve him, they will spend the rest of their day, days in prosperity. Mm -hmm. Underline that. This is serious. If they obey willingness and obedience, Isaiah 119, will make us to eat the best of the land. If they obey and serve him, they will spend the rest of their days in prosperity and their years in contentment. But if they do not listen, they will perish by the sword and die without knowledge. Many believers are dying this way, but may that not be a portion in Jesus' name. The godless in heart harbors or harbor resentment. Even when, they fetter, when he fetters them, they do not cry for help. Godless in heart. And that not be us in Jesus' name. They die in their youth among male prostitutes of the shrines. For those who suffer, he delivers in their suffering. He speaks to them in their affliction. He is wooing you from the jaws of distress to a spacious place free from restriction to the comfort of your table laden with choice food. But now you are laden with the judgment due the wicked. Judgment and justice have taken hold of you. Be careful that no one entices you by riches do not let a large bribe turn you aside. On the line that was 18 to, would your wealth or even all your mighty efforts sustain you so you will not be in distress? Do not long for the night to drag people away from their homes. Beware of turning to evil. That is what can make you to drag along for the night. If you do not turn away from evil, which you seem to prefer to affliction. God is exalted in his power, who is a teacher like him, who has prescribed his ways for him, or said to him, you have done wrong. Remember to extol his work, which men have praised in song. Remember to extol his works, or his work, which men are praised in song. So when you sing, be careful to note 
the verses of the song that you sing. All mankind have seen it. Men gaze on it from afar. How great is God beyond our understanding. The number of his years is past winding out. He draws off the drops of water. I want you to follow this as I read it. The acts of God, all that God has done for us. He drops up the drops of he draws up the drops of water, which distills as rain to the streams. The cloud pour down their moisture, moisture, and abundant showers fall on mankind. Who can understand how he spread out the clouds? How he thunders from his pavilion. See how he scatters his lightning about him, bathing the depth of a sea. This is the way he governs the nations and provides food in abundance. He fills his hand with lightning and commands it to strike its mark. His thunder announces the coming storm. Even the cattle makes known its approach. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. That quickly takes me to 37. If we can make it, then I'll, I'll explain that in my note. 30, Job 37. At this my heart pawns and leaps from its place. Listen, listen to the roar of his voice. To the rumbling that comes from his mouth. I wish we can listen to all this that Eli is warning us here. He unleashes his lightning beneath the whole heaven and send it to the ends of the earth. After that comes the sound of his roar. He thunders with his majestic voice. I want you to underline that God thunders, Psalm 29. When his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond your understanding. They will not come under that voice that thunders sometimes in another way. He says to the snow, fall on the earth and to the rain, shower. Be a mighty downfall so that all men he has made me know his work. He stops every man from his labor. <laughs> the animals take cover. They remain in their dens. The tempest comes out from his chamber. The cold from the driven or driving winds. The breath of God produces ice. <laughs> and the broad waters becomes frozen. Underline that. That's one of the, another act of God, the breath of God produces ice and the broad water becomes frozen. He loads the clouds with moisture. He scatters his, his lightning through them. At his direction, they swell around over the face of the whole earth to do whatever he commands them. He brings the cloud to, to, to punish men 
or to water his earth and show his love. Listen to this, Job. Stop and consider God's wonders. Do you know how God controls the cloud and makes his lightning flash? Do you know how clouds hung, poised? Those wonders of him who is perfect in knowledge. You who swelter in your clothes when the land lies hushed under the south wind. Can you join him in spreading out the skies hard as a mirror of cast bones? Tell us what we should say to him. You cannot draw up your face because of our darkness. Should it be told that I, I want to speak? Would any man ask to be swallowed up? Now no one can look at the sun. Bright as it is in the skies, after the wind has swept them clean. Out of the north, it comes in golden splendor. God comes in awesome majesty. In awesome majesty. The Almighty is beyond our reach and exalted in power. In his justice and great righteousness, he does not oppress. Therefore, men revere him, for does he not have regard, have regard for all the wise in heart? May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Amen. That takes us to the note first from chapter 36. These are Elihu's proclamation. In that chapter 36, Elihu uh, proclaims God's goodness. We're just talking about all the things that God can do, all the wonders of God, all the acts of God, so that Job can come to a reasoning that no matter what you are going through, God sees all. He's the only one that can take you out of it. In, this is also Elihu's fourth uh, speech, or his fourth argument. He continued to expound or he continued to present and explain systematically. You can see the way he's bringing his point over. Remember that Elihu is a, one of the, is a good mediator. I've told you from the beginning. So in the way that he presents or expounded his words, he explained them systematically. In this chapter, he explained both positively and uh, negatively. In the positive way that they explain that God blesses the righteous. You're a righteous person, God will bless you. And that you can see in verse 5 to 12. To, to, to 12. Listen, listen. He was just talking to Job, you know. Calling his attention systematically. Coming him down so that all this talk that he has talked about against God, he'll be able to come back to his real senses. So positively say, God blesses the righteous. So let's take this on board. I ask you to mark it. As long as you remain righteous, God will continue to bless you. And he also explained negatively that he judges the wicked. And that we see in that verse 13 to 21. He encouraged Job to listen and learn from God and repent. As he, Elihu, proclaimed the, uh, uh, God's majesty. That you can see in verse 31 to 33. He said, listen and learn from God and repent. 
and he began to show the wonders of God, the majesty of God. Just see God enthroned in everything. You know, God says in everything we should praise him. Praise him in everything. That's what he's trying to bring back to Job. God demands that we proclaim him this way also. Sometimes when we go through, through times and situations, we must not use our mouth to, to be rough driving and speaking, you know. You remember that's why I quoted to you the, the last words in 35. The, 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 those were meaningless. He was talking about, he was careful about the word that we speak, especially when we speak to God. And that takes us to Psalm 96, which is one of my great Psalms. God demands that we proclaim him this way also. Whatever we are going through, he says in everything we should praise him, we should bless him, we should worship him, we should proclaim his great name. And what does that Psalm say, Psalm 96? 1 to 3, 1 to 13, I have it here. He says, sing to the Lord a new song. Whatever we are going through, instead of blaming God, we must sing to him a new song. All the earth, every one of us, we belong to this earth. Even though we are spiritually living in heaven. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name, verse 2. Proclaim his salvation day after day. What we ought to do, like Elihu was advised, God demands that we pro- proclaim him. This we also must proclaim his salvation day after day. How do we proclaim his salvation? By telling him, to me- telling about Jesus, about the Lord, to many that are around us each day. We must talk of his goodness. Even though you are going through the times and situations, we must talk of his loving kindness. How do we proclaim his salvation day after day, according to that Psalm 96 verse 2? Talk about his loving kindness that is better than life. Instead of carrying our burdens on our own, we must allow him to help us carry our burden. And that takes us to Psalm 77, because I'm not going to go to, to that Psalm, but write it down. From verse 1, this psalmist was going through trials, tribulations, a lot of dangerous things I was going through. He could, not, he could not sleep. But when he gets to that verse 10 to 20 of that Psalm 77, he said he will proclaim or he will remember the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. He will remember his miracles. Then he began to talk about the miracles of the Red Sea. He began to talk about things that God has done. When we go through times and situations, instead of using our mouth or using our mind to think wrong things, we should remember the great things or the good things that God has done for us. So maybe after this meeting, you can go back to that psalm and read it and mark from verse 10 to 20. The psalmist, after speaking for a long time, said, I will now remember the good old days. Began to mention it. The, the miracle of old. Think about the things that God has done. And begin to follow Elihu's uh, advice. Verse 3 of that Psalm 96, it said, Declare, proclaim his glory among the nations. Tell, tell about his glory among the people. How Elihu was explaining to Job the wonders of God. How God sent eyes. How God sent rain. How the cloud, you know, sometimes comes over us. But God sometimes brings sun. To overshadow it and we enjoy freshness and everything, refreshing and everything. 
Think about it among the people. Instead of moaning, giving yourself unnecessary edict. Why is my condition like this? And why am I like that? You know, we have a way of moaning. So Lee was telling Job, stop that. Think about what God has done for you. Think about those days. When you, the, the Bible said you are, the, you are the greatest man in the land of all. Think about it. Think about the good things that you have done to people. Think about how you have been a priest in your home. Don't think about what you are going through. Why is my life like this? Why is it that is me that is going through all this? God is not interested in that. God wants you to think about the things that he has done in the past. That was for that Psalm 9. He said, for great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. He says, strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ask God to strengthen you. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Praise him all the time. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Travel before him all the air. That was not, worship him instead of mourning. Say among the nations the Lord reigns. Go and tell about his reign over all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Tell them about the creation of the heavens and the earth. Tell them what the surprises that await us when Jesus is going to come back. That the Lord reigns. He continues to reign until that time. He will judge the people with equity or equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound. And all that is in it, everything that God has made, Psalm 150 must praise the Lord, must proclaim Him. Let the field be jubilant and everything in them. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. They will sing before the Lord, for He comes. He comes to judge the earth. And tell them about the, coming, the second coming of the Lord. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people in His truth. How do we proclaim or declare God's majesty? According to that verse 24 that we have just read to 33. How? How? We must remember this. These are the ways that that verse uh, 36, uh, Job 36, 24 to 33 explain it. We must remember to magnify his work which men have sung or sang which we also see from afar. So when you are singing, sing with your mind, sing with your heart, look at the words of the song and don't just sing empty, with an empty mind. How do we magnify his work, which we also see from afar, according to that verse 24, you see the sun from afar, you see the moon from afar, you see the stars from afar, Let's, let's magnify his work as they reflect and they act God. You know, it, it said when we are reading that, that, that Job 36, one of the verses it talked about how all these wonders that God created, how, how, they, how, how they act God, how they demonstrate God. And that you can also see in the book of Psalm 19. That is Job 36, 24 to 25. All what he says you can see in Psalm 19. We must magnify his works. 
which we have sang. These men have sang and all the rest of that. How do we proclaim or declare God's majesty? We must remember that God is great. Always see the greatness of God in your life. In the land of the living, see the greatness of God. If God is not great, you won't be where you are today. It is by God. Some of us would have died when we were conceived, but because God is great, we survived. God is great and He's an everlasting God. We must celebrate His universal kingship or rule as king. His universal rule as king or universal kingship. We must celebrate it on a regular basis. That you see in verse 26. So, uh, verse 26 of uh, 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 Job 20, 36. Then Psalm 93. Psalm 96 verse 4. And Psalm 99. Always talk about the greatness of God. His universal kingship. How he rules over the universe. He says he reigns. The Lord reigns. He's established with majesty. When you read that Psalm 93. Say, for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Psalm 96, verse 4. Said the Lord, another psalm says, says yeah, that's Psalm 99. He said, the Lord reigns. Let the people tremble. He dwells between the cherubim. Let the earth be moved. He's the only one that can control both nature and weather. How do we proclaim or declare God's majesty? By telling that he's the only one that can control both nature and weather. That you can see in 27.33. Go back and follow all these points. You'll be able to see everything that I'm teaching here tonight. But just to, to, to continue to see Elihu's uh, uh, conclusion. Because he continued, as we continue in his fourth speech, now he's going to another speech here. And in this 37, 1 to 24, he talks about God is great, the greatness of God, and we do not know him. This chapter is a continuation of chapter 36. That's why I want us to finish it today, so that we go to 37 and 38 next time. This chapter is a continuation of 36. And the conclusion of Elihu's speech or address to Job. Notice or let's see how he described God's voice in his speech. That you can see in verse 2 to 5. God's voice is glorious in the thunder. We cannot imagine the greatness of his power. Thunder and lightning, which usually goes together, are indication of the glory and majesty the power and the terror of God. Let's look at Moses' experience. This you can read at home. In that Genesis, maybe Apostle can read it for us. Uh, Exodus 34, 29-35 with what Elihu alludes to in verse 21-24. to You can get home and compare this because of time. I just want us to get to this chapter. So, that, so Exodus 34, 29-35 then look at what Elihu alludes to in verse 21 to, uh, Apostle will read that for us later. That's uh, 34, 29 to 35. Okay, read it, read it. Moses 
When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of testimony in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. Verse 31. But Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and he spoke to them. Afterwards, all the Israelites came near him and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put veil, the veil over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Amen. Let's look at what Elihu alludes to in 21 to the 36, it's chapter 36, 21 to 20, uh, 24. The voice of God thunders and it comes with lightning. You know, so when, during the time that Moses was expected to hear from God, God thunders. And his voice came with lightning. Let's see. Yes. 36, 21. 21 to 24. 21, it says, But turning to evil, which you seem to prefer to afflict. Verse 22. God is exalted in his power. Who is a teacher like him? Who has prescribed his ways for them? Or okay. uh, for him? Or said to him, you have done wrong. Remember to extol his work, which men have praised in songs. All mankind have seen it. Men gave gaze and aid from afar. Pastor five. That is it. Because all mankind have seen it. Moses have experienced it. Other men of God have experienced it. And they could see all these things from afar. May the Lord help us. Hmm. I just for reference sake, I just want to read that 37, 2 to, 2 to 5. Where uh, Lewis advice. Listen, listen to the roar of his voice. To the rumbling that comes from his mouth. He unleashes his lightning between, beneath the whole heavens and sends it to the ends of the earth. That is what Moses experienced. When God thunders, the lightning comes with it. Do not even see the Lord's face. After that, after that comes the sound of his roar. He thunders, he thunders with his majestic voice. When his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. God, God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. That is what God's voice can do, and that is what the lightning can also do in our lives. Elihu stressed God's sovereignty over nature. As a reminder that he is sovereign over us all. The word of God say, says it this way. That his kingdom rules over all. Let us take up, uh, take up with these kingdom principles. And reverence God always. In the book of Acts 
Yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven. All the wonders of God that has been described. This Acts 14.17 concludes it. He said, God has shown us kindness by giving us rain from heavens and crops in their seasons. He provides us with plenty of food and fills our heart with joy. I end this this way. Let's go back home and read about the wonders of God. Don't want to drag us on and on about this uh, Job 37. But there's a lot that Elu spoke about in that in, in that place. I would have explained it verse by verse. We will not leave this place today. But I give you a homework to go back home to read about the voice of God that thunders. And look at that Psalm 29 that talks about it. Shakes the cedar of Lebanon. There is nothing that cannot do. The voice of God, when it thunders, there are things that it does. For the wicked, it will be wicked. For the righteous, the voice of God that thunders, he said, will be a testimony. Show kindness, giving rain. When there is thunder, rain also comes with it. From heaven and crops in their season. The farmers are happy when God thunders from heaven. But the wicked will not be happy. Because to the wicked, there is wrath, there is problem. May we, may we benefit from the voice of God that thunders, that comes with blessing, rather than uh, punishment. May the Lord bless his word tonight. I rest my case here. Amen. Wow, this is so interesting. The words of Elihu. The words of Elihu. Can I just help us to know this and then we will pray? You know, the chapter 35, if you look at from the beginning when Elihu started speaking, then to chapter 35 and then going to 37 now, you will discover that one of the major themes of Elihu is a man cannot go before God and claim any righteousness. That's what Elihu is saying. And that was why he said in that chapter 35, do you think this is just, you know, Elihu was saying to Job, and he says, you say I will be cleared by God, by your own standard of righteousness. Yet, you ask him, what profit is it to me? And what do I gain by not sinning? That was what Job was asking God. Now, look at what Elihu said. I would like to reply to you and to your friends with you. Look up at the heavens and see. Gaze at the clouds so high above. If you sin, how does that affect God? Your sin cannot affect God. Mm. All right? If you if your sins are many, what does it do to God? It does nothing. We must know this. However, if you are righteous too, what does he give to God? Our righteousness give God nothing. Nothing. It does not add to God, neither does it diminish God. And what does he receive from you, from your hand? Our giving does not add anything to God. So now, what is the Lewis saying? Your wickedness, verse 8, affects only man like you, yourself. And your righteousness affects only sons of men. So what the Lewis is saying is this. When we live righteous life, we are only affecting human beings and we are peace with people. If I give to men, you know, 
It's just to, 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 to affect people. That does not mean that it does not have record before God. God records it as against you. But we must know this that if you are a good man, you will only reap harvest of goodness. If you are a man of peace, you will receive peace from everybody. If you sin, you will receive punishment from other people. If you are righteous, you will receive blessing from other people. Whatever you do, it's your seed. And you are the one who will receive the harvest. And that's what the Lord was saying. God is so far where he is. Anything we do on earth does not add to him. Neither does he, does he uh, de- uh, um, delete from him. But is for our own existence on the face of the earth. Therefore, if a man thinks that he is very righteous, not before God, you don't go to God and claim righteousness. The same thing if anybody says that I will, I don't believe in God, I will do whatever I like. It's your body, it's your life, you shut and you destroy. But God will come one day to, to judge the living and the dead according to the works of our hands. So our righteousness, our wickedness, or our sins, that is the day that God will judge it. So we need to recognize that Elihu is saying to you, no matter what your problem is on earth, don't you dear God. Don't go and talk to God as if, you know, your righteousness is helping his empire. No, 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 no. It's for you. If God helps you to walk righteously, it is his help too that help you to walk righteously. Understand that it is God's own benevolence towards you. And so that was why Job was, um, you know, questioning God foolishly. We're going to pray. Yeah. Chapter 38. Alright, when we look at chapter 38 and see God beginning to reply, you will see more. I told you, you will see more about who God is. When we are reading chapter 38, I want all of you to be warned now. What you must be looking at, the mind of the God speaking. You can read the mind of God when God speaks to man direct. And you, you will see how awesome, how merciful, how graceful God is. How, you know, mighty God is. That's the reason why God can forgive wickedness, you know. And, you know, God can punish wickedness too. So let us lift up our voices together as one today. Let's thank God for the grace of tonight. Give God praise. Just thank God for the knowledge you have received. Thank God for his mercy upon you. Job did not have the Holy Spirit. That is why he spoke that way. Let us thank God for the Holy Spirit that he has given to us. We cannot question God. And you are going to pray, Father, please, in any situation I am, help me, O God, to know, to put you where you are. Because God's eyes is upon the righteous. We read it in chapter 36 today. His eyes is always upon the righteous. God will never leave the righteous. He punishes. He allows trials to, to, as a ladder of promotion. He uses punishment to train us, to groom us, to bring us to perfection. Taking us through fire so that we can be refined. Tell the Lord, help me, Lord. Give me knowledge. Give me wisdom. Give me knowledge. Give me wisdom. That regardless of my situation... When I think about your goodness, Lord, it should override all my sorrow. It should override all my problems. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Give me grace tonight. Give me grace tonight. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying. Amen. We're going to lift up our voice according to that song. Thank you, Jesus. And you will begin to pray this song. Turn that song to prayer. 
Open the crystal fountain of God, where healing comes. So anyone sick right now, receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Anyone that is sick right now, receive your healing in the name of Jesus. I say the fountain of the blood of Jesus heals you. Whatever be your ailment, you are made whole in the name of Jesus Christ. I command in the name of Jesus sickness to vanish. I command in the name of Jesus infirmity to die. Now begin to pray. Tell the Lord, leave me by your pillar of fire by night. Surround me with the pillar of cloud by day. According to the book of Psalm 97 verse 3, fire goes before him and consume his foes. On every side, let your righteousness go before me. Begin to tell God. Psalm 97 verse 3. Tell the Lord, let your fire go before me. Let your fire go before me. For the rest of my journey, let it consume all your foes on every side. Let your fire go before Christ with tabernacle. Lord, let your fire go before Christ with tabernacle. Let your righteousness surround us like a cloud. Let your righteousness surround us like a sheep. O Brata Velocitra Patae, Isaiah 42, verse 13. The Lord will march out like a mighty man. Tell the Lord, march out before us like a mighty man, like a warrior. Share up your zeal. Triumph over your enemies. Raise up your battle cry. Tell the Lord, tell the Lord, Isaiah 42, verse 3, Isaiah 42, verse 13, verse 13, the Lord will march out before you. Tell the Lord, march out before me as I go to the end of this journey. March out before me, O God. Fight my battle for me, God. Fight my battle for me, God. Like a mighty warrior, tear up your zeal. Lord, fight my battle for me. In this week, let me see your glory. Tell the Lord, in this week, show me your glory. Tell the Lord, in this week, show me your glory. Oh, my God and King, let your fire go before me. Let your power go before me. Tell the Lord, let your pillar of cloud lead me by day. And your pillar of fire by night. Surround me in my house by night with fire. Let your fire go before me and consume all your foes around me. And destroy every plan of the devil before me. Before my family, pray for your children. Pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. Pray for your parents. Pray for your children. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father, we bless and glorify your holy name. We bless and glorify your holy name. Now tell the Holy Ghost to lead you throughout your journey. Holy Spirit, do not depart from me. Pray, tell Holy Spirit not to depart from you. Lord, land me to heaven, save in Canaan's side. Holy Spirit, uphold us by your mighty power, by your mighty power, friends, through the storms of life, through the delusion of Satan. Holy Spirit of God, uphold us, uphold us, lead us, guide us. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Now the first verse says, Guide me on that great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand, bread of heaven. Yes. Now we're going to pray for guidance. Yes. All right. 
And that's what we have started praying over now. If you look at the book of Isaiah 42, verse 16, it says, I will lead the blind by ways they, will, they have not known. Mm. Along on familiar path, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Now begin to tell the Lord, Father Lord, lead me by your hand to the place that you have prepared. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Lead every one of us, oh God, every member of our church, everyone on this platform, I pray for them, Lord. Lead them by your hand. We are blind. We don't know anything about this world. Many things are happening. You see all, but we don't see beyond our naked eyes. We are blind on earth, oh God. Lead us by your hand. Lead us through your familiar path. Lead us in a way that Satan cannot understand, that people cannot understand. Guide us, O God. Turn darkness to light before us. Turn darkness around us to light. Make our rough place smooth, Lord. According to your promise, Father, make our rough place smooth, Lord. Turn our weakness into strength, Lord. You have said you have not forsaken us, and we know you have not forsaken us. Father, Lord, we pray, show yourself mighty among us. Show yourself mighty among us. Direct my path, O God. Direct, tell the Lord to direct your path for the rest of this week. We still have few days to go. The hand of God will still move it. We have few days to end this very week. Tell the Lord, lead me in a way that is unfamiliar. Lead me in a path that man cannot understand. Lead me in a path that people cannot understand. Lead me, oh God. Tell the Lord, teach me what is best for me and direct my path. Isaiah 48, verse 17. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best. Tell the Lord, teach me what is best. In every decision I will take this one. Teach me what is best for me, Lord. Teach me what is best for me. He says, I'm me who directs you in the way that you should go. Tell the Lord, direct me in the way that I should go. Every jobless, oh God, before the end of this week, let them receive their job, oh God. Let them receive their job, oh God. Everyone that was jobless, let them receive their job, oh God. Instruct our mind, oh Father. Instruct our mind, he says, in Psalm 32, verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you to go. I will counsel you and I will watch over you. Tell the Lord, counsel me. Be my counsel this week. Be my teacher this week. Be my God this week. Be my God this week. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. Even in my dream, O God. Guide me, O God. Guide me, O God. Guide me, O God. Guide me when I'm awake. Guide me when I'm asleep. Let your let your glory be my God. Father, in the name of Jesus, to the place where you are prepared for me, that your name be exalted. Blessed be your holy name, O God. We commit all we will do to you this very week. Thank you for your direction in Jesus' holy name. I declare over you, it is written, commit to the Lord whatever you do, your plans will succeed. All your plans shall succeed this week. If you have not started yet, tonight you enter into it, the perfect plan of God for you. Things that have been difficult for you before, I declare, from this hour, they become to get ease. Mm, mm, mm. Things that you have sought for, good things that you have been seeking, you cannot find. I say tonight, before sunset, it shall be given to your hands. The Lord will touch the heart of those who will decide over you as I speak tonight. Mm. By tomorrow, your testimony shall come. Before Friday, it shall be full. In Amen. the name of the Amen. Lord of hosts. The Bible says the Lord will not allow the soul of he that rests upon him to see corruption. 
Because you have rested upon the Lord, you will never be disappointed. In the name of the Lord of hosts, the balm of Gilead shall be your support. It will bring to pass my word as I ask in his name. Yours shall be delightful land, even in this week. Your hopes shall not be dashed. Help will come for you from heaven. Holy Spirit will guide and direct your heart and mind. He will fulfill his purpose and covenant with you. In this very season, as the world proceeds and delusion of Satan increases, you, the Lord will cause his light to shine around you. You will not be deceived by the enemy. Will not, you will not be deluded by the devil. Better shall be the end of your matter than the beginning. Better shall be your tomorrow than your yesterday. I declare the name of the Lord. Everything that God has promised concerning you, your family shall be fulfilled. They shall be fulfilled in the name of Jesus Christ. Of nothing, I speak into your life. Go and flourish. Amen. Go and prosper. Amen. In the name of the Lord of hosts, go and prosper. In the Amen. name of the Lord of hosts, go and prosper. Amen. Out of the abundant sovereign power of God, He will educate you. He will teach you. As he said in the book of, of uh, Job, chapter 36, he says, this is what the Lord, the, 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 this is the way he governs the nations and provides food for in abundance. God will govern you. He will govern. He says in the other scripture, he judges the people. The Lord will be your governor. He will be your director. In the name of the Lord of hosts, the word of God will prosper in your, in your hand. You will not lack. Provision will come for you. The Lord will open floodgates. He will open floodgates. He will open floodgates in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I pray for everyone that is looking up to the Lord for their life partner. Holy Spirit, direct them to the people that you have baked for them, the very one that you have you have created for them. Do not allow them to make wrong choice in the name of Jesus. Because it's better for a man not to be married than to enter into fry pan, and to enter into the trap of the devil. Father, direct everyone that is unmarried among our people and direct their steps to the right person. Give them discernment. Give them insight. Give them understanding in the name of Jesus. I declare promotion for everyone under my voice tonight in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Before the end of this week, I declare promotion for you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. May the King of glory, the one who honors his word, may he look up to you and honor his word concerning you. May he open his heart concerning you and remember all what he has written concerning you and bring them to fulfillment in the name of Jesus. Job chapter 36 verse 11, if they obey and serve him, they will spend the rest of their days in prosperity. You will spend the rest of your days in prosperity. So shall it be unto you and so it is. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are praying with us, given. Amen and amen and amen. I pray for those who are having their birthdays today. May the Lord open the book of remembrance concerning you. Amen. And may the Lord fulfill his purpose for you in the land of the living. Amen. I declare in the name of the Lord, whatever be the desires of your heart, heaven shall grant your request. Amen. In the name of Jesus, we long life the Lord will satisfy you. He will show you his salvation. May his peace and his mercy surround you all the days of your life. May the Lord bless everyone in their marriages. May the Lord grant you wisdom and knowledge to, to, to live together in harmony and in peace. May the Lord grant peace to be your brothers. In the name of Jesus, sorrow shall be far from you. 
Evil shall not be found in you. The God of righteousness you believe, He will enable you and I throughout our life to walk in Him in His perfect will. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are praying. Amen. amen and amen and amen.